if you see that, that TV show, uh, Swamp People, I'm not far from that. I know I look pretty dignified right now, but I ain't far from that right there in my raisin. But uh, we, we were down there, and Joe, we were arguing about something or was, was going to discuss something. And, and before, before, my brother would argue with a stump. I'm telling you, man, we, we, we would just get with it. And, and uh, I went to do something or say something. He said, look, man. I said, you're not going to argue with me? He said, no. He said, a mind changed against its will is of the same opinion still. I said, to what? He wasn't arguing. I said, my goodness, what's happened to him? Then, then the next time I was down, I, we learned the phrase, hey, man, it is what it is. Shine on. Amen. I like that one. I've kept that one. It just is what it is. Hey, the world is what it is. Roll with it. Don't whine about it. Don't cry about it. Just deal with it and go on. That's some good stuff. Amen. That'll preach right there. Well, this past, this past week, I was down and... And I learned another new thing, and I've heard it since then, but I hadn't heard it before. And, and, and we, were sitting on, we were sitting on his couch, and, and my brother's got two dogs. He's got a little Jack Russell Terrier, about that big, and he's got a 75-pound pit bull that's muscled up like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm talking, it's a man. Well, the bulldog is her dog, and the Jack Russell is his dog. I can't explain it. It is what it is. Amen. Well, he was sitting there, and, and the little Jack Russell's name is Rufus, and the bulldog's name is Virgil. So it's, it's a great situation. And, and, but Rufus, he has an attitude. He just has an attitude, and, and, and it don't matter who it is or what it is. If you pick Rufus up, he's going to growl at you. I mean, and, and, and it's bad. I mean, he just, rah, like he's going to tear your arm off. And it don't matter who it is. Well, we were sitting on the couch, and, 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 and my brother come over there, and, and, and it was time to go to bed, and they sleep in the bed with him. I mean, it's just a big, happy family and all. And, and, uh, and he went to pick up Rufus, and he grabbed Rufus and picked him up, and son Rufus went to growling like he was, gonna, he was just a big lion in the forest. I mean, he was going to tear his arm off. And this is what my brother said. I was sitting there listening. He said, boy, you better recognize I thought about that a minute, and then I started laughing. Boy, you better recognize who it is grabbed a hold of you. Amen? Well, all the way home. You know what I kept thinking? All the way home. Boy, you better recognize. I've been using it, too. My girls say something smart. You better recognize. Well, you know what? God gave me a verse on that deal. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter number 1, in verse number 1, the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, uh, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, hear, O heavens, and give ear, O earth, for the Lord has spoken. I have nourished and brought up children, and they have what? Rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. Do you see that? The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doth not know, my people doth not consider. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for some good people here today. God, help us to learn from your word. Give us what we need. We need your anointing more than anything. And I pray your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. 
Israel is the apple of God's eye. Israel was taken out of Egypt. God went and delivered them and rescued them and provided for them. God gave them a meal when there was no meal. God gave them water where there was no water. In the middle of a desert, he let them and he provided for them. He protected them. In the middle of the night, I don't know if you know this or not, but in a desert, in the middle of the night, it gets freezing cold. Well, he had a flame of fire over them at night. Listen, in the he had a cloud with him during the day. He was there. He did not let the... Their, their clothes rot off their back. Their clothes never wore out. Say amen right there. Parents, amen. We're buying school stuff. God help us. They're growing. I'm, I'm going to quit feeding my children. I mean, we got to buy clothes all the time. Their, their clothes never wore out. God always made sure they had what they needed. He took them from slavery. He took them from a difficult situation. He took them from being abused and battered and took them to the promised land, took them to a place where there was milk and honey. Listen, where there was wells that they did not dig, houses that they did not build, vineyards they did not plant, gave them more than anything and anybody could ever ask for, and yet they turned their back on God and denied him and God is saying right here even an ox got enough sense to know who his master is an ass knows where his food is coming from but my people don't have a clue about what's going on they better recognize and God is saying right here you better recognize what my brother was saying to Rufus he said boy you better realize who it is that's got a hold of you how many of us will buck up to God and God will try to move in our life God will put his hand in our life and try to move us to a situation here or there or try to adjust something in our life for our benefit and our good and all we want to do is turn around and growl at him well I'm here this morning to preach on the subject you better recognize you better recognize Listen, we're living in a day where people want to live their own lives, aren't we? Listen, if you'll keep reading, if you'll keep reading this chapter, and I want to save some time, we're going to baptize in just a moment, and I've never lost one. Say amen. Ain't none drowned yet, so it's all good. Amen. Listen, if you'll keep reading in this chapter, you'll find out that they, they had not quit going to church. They had not quit being religious. Matter of fact, they were real religious. They had the formality down. They had all the cliches. I mean, on the outside, they look real good. But God says, I'm sick and tired of your religious formality. I'm sick and tired of the outward dog and pony show. I'm sick and tired of all the fake stuff. I'm looking for a heart that is with me in everything. Say amen. Listen, you don't have to quit church to be uh, out with God. You don't, have to, you don't have to quit going to church to, to, to be on the wrong side of the Lord. I'm telling you, you be rebellious and you say, I'm going to do my own thing. I may go to church, but I'm going to live my own life on Monday. I'm telling you, God won't stand for that. There's two things and two people in here. We always say this. We always say there's only kind of two kind of people in here, lost and saved. Lost and saved. And if you can come in here, if you can come in here and sing Amazing Grace and go live like a yard dog tomorrow and run around and carry on and, and, and act crazy and, and do stuff you know that is not God's will tomorrow and God does not deal with you, you don't belong to him. I got proof. The Bible says that, 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 that whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. That means a whooping. How many of y'all have, have ever had a whooping? How many of y'all grew up before Riddling? I never had time out. Time out? I never had time out. The only time out I heard was mom said, time out, it's your daddy's turn, and dad started whooping me. 
I'm talking about I got some good ones. I mean, I mean weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth kind of whoopings. I got the right kind. I've heard people tell me, well, it don't help to whip my child. That's because you're doing it wrong. Here's how you know. If your child is mad when you're done, you've done it wrong. But if he's glad when you're done, you've done it right. That's a good gauge right there, amen? Well, I got a whooping when I was growing up, and it wasn't because my dad hated me. He loved me. Man, he loved me with every fiber of his being, and he wanted me to be a good citizen. He wanted me to do right. He wanted me to act like somebody. And, man, because of that, I did what I was supposed to do, and I love him to death for it. And God says this, if you belong to me, if you are one of my children, if you are bought with a price, and you get stupid on me, I'm going to deal with you. And if God doesn't deal with you according to the word of God, and I'm not cussing right here, the Bible says, To whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And if you're without chastening, you're a bastard and not a son. And the word bastard there means illegitimate. Illegitimate. You claim it, but you ain't it. That's not good English, but you got it. Amen? Listen, if you are and you do belong to him, i got to tell you, you better recognize. Three things I want you to recognize this morning. Real quickly, I do this quick. I mean fast. Three things I want you to recognize this morning. Number one, I want you to recognize his authority. His authority. To a lot of people, that's a dirty word. Nobody likes the word authority. And, you know, we're in a rebellious... I mean, ever since the 60s, it's all about, you know, rebelling against authority, against the man. But you know what? God set up authority. God believes in authority. God set up authority in three different, three different areas. You know, he set up authority in the church. He set up authority in the home, and he set up authority in the state. And God expects us to follow authority in all three of those places. And you know why? The Bible says if we'll follow authority in the right and godly authority, we'll lead a peaceable and quiet life. You know why so many homes are in turmoil? They're going against authority. The husband is not loving the wife as Christ loved the church. The woman is not submitting to the husband as unto the Lord. The children are not obeying the parents. I mean, it's a mess. The churches are out of order. The state sure is out of order. Say amen. But authority is not a bad thing. This is, what, this is one definition of authority. Authority means the right to command and enforce obedience. Say that with me. The right to command and enforce obedience. One more time. The right to command and enforce obedience. How many of y'all know there's commands in the Bible? Now, see, we got to be careful not to put our own in that list. There's way too many churches putting their own opinions and their own theories and their own commands in it. We don't need to do that. Amen? God calls that bondage. But what he does command, we need to follow. God has commands when it comes to how we behave. God has commands when it comes to how we dress. It's called modest. Modest. I had to, ooh, there's some places it's rough to be. Say amen. But God says be modest. There, God says that he has commands when it comes to how we speak and how we speak to each other. Husbands and wives. Amen. Why y'all get quiet now? Come on, that was just as right as what I said a while ago. God has a right to command these things. 
not just command it, but enforce it. God will not only give us a command, he will enforce that command. He's big enough to do it. Why, don't, I don't, why does he have a right? Why does he have a right to his authority? Well, let me give you two things. Number one, or if you're writing this down on your notes, I want you to see this, the basis for his authority. What gives him a right to order you around? What gives him a right to tell you what to do, to tell you how to live, to tell you where to go, what to be, and all this kind of stuff? What gives him a right to do that? Two things give him a right. First, he's the creator. He made you. He created you. He formed you out of the dust of the ground. He breathed into your nostrils the breath of life, and you became a living soul. He's the creator. The Bible says this. The Bible says this in Psalms chapter 100, verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. He made us. He made us. He has a right to authority because He made us. Revelation 4, verse 11. I love this one. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power. For Thou hast created all things, and all things were created for Thy pleasure. They are and were created. He has a right to tell us what to do because He made us. He is the potter. We are the clay. He is the father. We are the child. He is the creator, and we are the creature. He has a right to tell us what to do. Not only because of his creation, but I think he has a right to tell us what to do because of his crucifixion. His crucifixion. You know, the Bible said they sung a new song. Revelation 4.11, Revelation 4.11, the old song, the old song was this, Thou art worthy, uh, uh, thou art worthy for thou hast created us. Thou hast created us. Thou hast made us uh, for thy pleasure. We are and we're created. In other words, the old song was you're worthy. And that's what singing's all about is giving worth to him. Amen? Listen, you're worthy because you made us. But if you go down in Revelation chapter 5, if you go down in Revelation chapter 5, you'll find out that they sung a new song. Thank God for new songs. Amen? I like old songs, and we do both around here. We do old songs and new songs. I love them old ones, but I tell you what, I love them new ones. And, and the Bible says, sing a new song. And the new song was this, Thou art worthy, for thou hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every kindred, nation, and tongue. What does that mean? You're not only worthy, you're not only, you not only deserve our, our devotion, you deserve our obedience, you deserve our submission and our surrender because you made us, but thank God because you saved us. Saved us. Amen. Because you have redeemed us. The word redeem means to pay for. He has paid the price. You are not redeemed by corruptible things. Not Listen, you are not redeemed by silver and gold. You are not redeemed by earthly possession. You are paid. You're, listen, if you're here today and you're saved, you've been bought with a price, and that is the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The precious blood of the Lamb was paid for your... Listen, you need to recognize this morning... You better recognize he's worthy. He has authority. He has a right to command. He has a right to enforce his commandments. Why? The basis of his authority. Not only that, but write this down. I want you to see the blessing of his authority. The blessing of his authority. Everybody's all down on authority. 
Everybody's down on authority. We do everything just to, just to rebel, don't we? They start, men started grow, growing their hair long just because authority didn't like it. It wasn't because it was pretty. It's itchy. Say amen. They wanted to rebel against authority. That's all it was. A lot of stuff. But listen, children do it all the time. How many of y'all parents in here? Your parents in here. You got monkeys. Have they ever given you the silent treatment? I've got four girls. Let us pray. <laughs> I tell you, it's rough sometimes. But we do stuff to rebel. We, you know, something as small as not smiling. It's like little Johnny. Little Johnny got in trouble. His mom said, you sit down. He sits down and said, Mama, I'm sitting down, but I'm standing up in here. <laughs> How many of y'all know I'm telling the truth? And we rebel against authority like it's some bad thing. Now, I will give this. There are some people that take advantage of authority. And then people need to be whooped. I'm telling you, there are people that take advantage of that and ruin it, but it's not as a whole. Authority is a good thing. Everywhere in the Bible that you find people in authority, there's people, I, I have authority in this church. Now, I don't know what you believe or what you know, but according to the Bible, I have authority in this church. But with that authority comes great responsibility. Great responsibility according to the authority that God has given to me and the responsibility God has given me is to lead and feed and protect. I am to provide for you and I'm to protect you. I'm to watch out for the wolf. Some of y'all get mad at me when I preach on subjects or when I talk to you about some things, but that's just because the shepherd can smell the wolf coming. And everywhere in the Bible you find authority, that authority was given them simply for the benefit of the people that they had authority over. I'm preaching this morning. And we need to pray for those in authority. The Bible says all through the Word, we are to pray for those in authority and pray that God would give them wisdom and God would bless them. The man has authority in the home to lead and provide and protect for that home. And the Bible says if he doesn't provide for his own, he's worse than an infidel. Men want to carry that verse. The only verse in the Bible they know is women submit to me. Well, you better read some others. The Bible says you're to love your wife as Christ loved the church. That means he loved enough to die for it. You need to be willing to take a bullet for your wife and, listen, treat her like she is a precious prize. Amen. That authority is there for a reason. God gave you authority to protect and provide. Listen, the state's there. You can say what you want to about police, but when I've called them, they've come. I can't stand it. I can't stand it when somebody calls a policeman a pig. If you ever get that stupid, don't do it around me. Excuse me, but that bothers me. They put their life on the line every day. I got a ticket. Well, slow down. I've got a few myself. It wasn't his fault. It was mine. Hello? And let me say this. If you don't like what I'm saying right here, I promise you this. When you stand before God, you're going to give account for what you say about the authority over you. 
Man, I, I appreciate our firemen and our policemen. I appreciate those people that, that God has put an authority over us to bless us. Listen, God, His authority over you is to bring you blessing. God provides for your needs and God protects you. Don't be mad. I promise you this, if you'll, if you'll look it up. In God's Word, if there's a thou shalt not, there's a good reason. God's not up in... See, we grew up with our parents thinking, they don't want us to have a good time. He don't want me... I want to skateboard in the road, but he won't let me because he don't want me to have a good time. No, he doesn't want me to be a pancake. So thou shalt not was for my benefit. Isn't it amazing the older we get, the smarter our parents get? It's amazing. But we'll rebel against God when God says thou shalt not, and we, we want to do this. We want to live. I just want to live together. Well, God knows that's not profitable for you. God knows that's not good for a relationship. There's no security there. And where there's no security, there's no trust. Are y'all with me? So authority is a good thing. Say that with me. Authority is a good thing. Listen, you need to recognize. You need to recognize God has authority. God deserves and has a right to command and enforce his authority. I'm telling you, we're living in a day and an hour. The Bible says in the last days people should heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears. Anybody got a dog in here? If you don't have a dog, you're, you're not American. I just happen to have eight little puppies that were accidents. So if you need a dog, I will help you. We'll, we'll, we'll be a blessing. They're half bulldog and half English coonhound. They say it's the most incredible squirrel dogs they ever will. I know... Tim was in here. I don't know where he's at, but I, we need to tell Tim about that. Amen. Give him one of them squirrel dogs. Great squirrel dog, And they'll stay, too. Nothing's going to run them off the tree. Amen. But you ever get an old dog on the ground and scratch him? I got an old bulldog at the house. Looks like Petey on Little Rascals. I mean, he, he'll let, and you'll scratch. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You know what he say? Just scratch me right. Daddy, just scratch me right there. Just right there. That's a good spot. Do you know what? People are going to churches every week that will tell them what they want to hear. Well, we can't hurt the offerings, preacher. Don't, don't preach like that. We can't hurt the offerings. Offerings, people are going to hell. But they're flocking to churches that says, listen, you're okay. They don't want nobody to preach on sin. They just preach on grace and mercy and love. And all that's great stuff. I'll preach on all that. But if you're walking the wrong way, somebody needs to tell you. But in the last days, we just, we don't want any authority. We want to just live our life and do whatever we want to do and everything great. And God just loves everybody. And listen, that don't work. I promise you this, if a doctor found out that I had cancer, I want him to come tell me. Even if it's going to hurt me, even if i got to do surgery, tell me. Don't just say, oh, you're going to be fine. What's the difference? What's the difference in a doctor doing that and a preacher seeing that you're living the wrong way or not wanting, and God tells him to preach something and won't do it? Tell me what's the difference. There's got to be authority. And we need to recognize. Church, say amen. It's two. 
Not only do we need to recognize his authority, number two, we need to recognize his ability. The Bible says the, the ox knoweth his owner. That's authority. An owner has authority as a right over his possession. But then the Bible says this, and the ass, his master's crib. The word crib there means manger, or that's where he feeds him. In other words, that donkey knows exactly where his food comes from. Are y'all with me? I wonder how many of y'all have recognized that your, your, your provision is not going to come from the government. And if you're dependent on that, you in, you in a bad shape. If you watch... If you watch any kind of news whatsoever for any extended period of time, you're going to need a drink. It's depressing. They're fighting, carrying on in the White House. Don't Listen, don't want to get along. Everything's happening. And, and, and if we look at it from man's point of view, I'm just telling you, you're going to need something. But if you look in the Bible and you read God's Word you will realize I'm in good shape because I don't operate by the American economy. I operate by God's economy. Say amen. God's ability. He's just able. I love bragging on God because he does so much stuff that's braggable. Is that a word, Kathy? Close. All right. Amen. Listen, God has ability. What kind of ability does God have? He has the ability to save. Oh, preacher, but you don't know you don't know the one I'm praying for. You, oh, goodness gracious, you don't know where he's been. You don't know the kind of life. There was a man in the Bible by the name of Saul. In the book of Acts, Saul was a very religious guy. I mean, very religious guy. And, and he, he would torture people and, 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 and listen, he would, he, would, he would arrest people and have them tortured and killed for the sake of Jesus I mean, all they were doing was naming the name of Christ, and this guy was brutalizing them. But something happened. One day, he ran into somebody that changed his life forever. Listen, he ran into the Lord. Have y'all met him? You better recognize. Changed his life forever. And this is what he said. He said, this is a faithful saying. He's speaking to Timothy. And worthy of all acceptation, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. You know what he was saying? I was the top dog. I was the biggest one. I was the I was the I was the sin in the center around. And then he says this. I love this part. He said, How be it for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a what? Pattern. To them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting. What's that mean? Paul said this. If God can save me, he can save anybody. He was a murderer. He had blood on his hands. The Bible said he wreaked havoc in the church. He was mangling the church like a wild animal, but God touched his life. And I'm telling you this right now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't care who it is you're praying for. I don't care where they've been. I don't care how far they've been there. I don't care how deep in sin they are. I have a God who can. I have a God who will. I have a God who will go down in the pit with them where they are at. The psalmist said, I waited patiently on the Lord, and he inclined unto 
me and heard my cry and brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of miry clay, and set my foot on a rock and established my going and put a new song in my mouth. I'm telling you, I don't care who they are or where they've been. God can change your life forever. God can turn a drunk into a missionary. I'm telling you, God can. God can. The Bible says he can save to the uttermost. Hallelujah. Hebrews 7.25, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Hallelujah. Say amen. Johnny, you're going to have to preach in the second service. I'm winded. Amen. God can save them. Just keep praying. Don't quit. Keep praying. Don't give up on them. Don't stop. Don't, don't, don't let up. Keep praying. I'm supposed to go short today, and I'm trying. i got to tell this story. Some of y'all done heard it, and if you, just act like you ain't. I prayed for my grandma all the time. I grew up in church my whole life. I mean, it's all I've ever known. I grew up pastor's son, and, and, and so I, I mean, and, and at Christmas time, I was everything in the pageant. I've been donkeys, I've been sheep, I've been Jesus in the manger, I've been Jesus 12 years old in temple confounding the wise, I've been Jesus on the cross, I've, I've been everything. And every year, you know, you'd have a Christmas pageant, and, and you know the Christers would come. You know the people just come for Christmas and Easter? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, uh, my grandmother, she was lost, my mom's mom, she was lost in... And, but every year she'd come to watch her grandchildren be in the pageant. And, uh, and, and she, she would come every year, and boy, I'd be that little sheep under that, in that costume. I'd pray, oh, God, save Grandma, save Grandma. I mean, you know, you know how you are when you're a little kid. You just believe God's going to do it. Yeah. I mean, every year, every year I'd pray, oh, this is going to. And I just knew that this was going to be the year Grandma's going to get saved. Well, y'all know, y'all know what happens when you get older? You don't believe as good. Anybody like that? That's why God says, come as a, with the faith of a little child. Well, I got older and turned into a preacher. <clears throat> 17 years old, surrendered to preach. Scared to death. Dad made me preach every Wednesday until I went to Bible college, whether I wanted to or not. He said, you're the only, son, the only way to learn how to do it, just get in there and do it. He was very, very old-fashioned that way, and, and he... Uh, he, uh, so I'd get up and, and, and I'd preach a little bit, three or four minutes. I mean, nervous, stutter, just it's not a whole lot's changed. But anyhow, I, I, the four or five minutes part has changed drastically. But, but I, w- I would get up and then I'd, I'd say my little bit and I'd go sit down and, and then he would come up and do the invitation. Y'all know, stand in front. Like in old-timey church, that's what we do. Preachers stand in front if you need to make a decision, get saved, whatever. And... Uh, well, he, he, they went on vacation one Wednesday night. I mean, just out of the blue, one Wednesday night. I said, okay, son, you got to do the invitation and the preaching. And, buddy, I thought I was going to have a heart attack because I was scared to death. I don't know why God called me to preach because I'm nervous. I don't even like people. <laughs> it's a, I get around and I get nervous and I get choked up and tongue-tied and everything. And, and uh, I'm just kidding on the people part. Some of y'all loosen up a little bit, man. But I said, I might do the invitation. I'm going to have to, well, I got up, and my grandmother showed up that night, out of the blue. I mean, just out of the blue, on a Wednesday night, she shows up. And, and I didn't think nothing about it. You know, as a little kid, as the little sheep, I'm saying, this is the night. 
This is the night God's going to... You know, I didn't even think nothing. Well, where was my faith? Well, I preached. I preached on what you'll see when you get to heaven. And I come down in the front. God is my witness. I promise you I am not embellishing this one bit. I come up the front. It's time for invitation. And I wouldn't even look up. I just kept my head down. If God is dealing with you, if you, if you need to pray, if you need to pray, if you need something, just come on. And inside I was saying, please don't come down here. Please. Come on. Just come on. And about that time I saw feet. It scared me so bad. I looked up, and it was Grandma. And I forgot everything. I didn't know what to say. It scared me so bad, I went, what do you want? <laughs> what a great start to a career, amen. What do you want? She said, I want to be saved. I said, Really? <laughs> I couldn't remember the Romans road. I couldn't remember. The only Bible verse I could remember was John 3, 16. I said, Grandma, for God so loved the world. And she quoted the rest. I said, that's all you need to know. Let's pray. I called my dad after the service. I said, I think Grandma got saved. You need to call and check and make sure it took. All those years of praying... And God saved her. Don't give up on who you're praying for. Say, but you don't know what they're doing. I don't care what they're doing. God can do it. If God can save Paul, if God can save my daddy, my daddy was an old crazy, drunk, mean scoundrel that wanted to fight everybody, and God turned his life around. God can save. Listen, you better stand up and recognize God's authority and his ability to save not only that, and more of you in here has got this problem. You need to recognize God's ability to supply your need. Quit, quit running around whining. Quit going around having to pop pills and worrying to death about the economy. God can supply your need. Wednesday night, preacher, I got a bonus. Well, hot dog. I walked on in, come on in the church, somebody else grabbed me. Preacher, I got a bonus this week. Then the third one come up to me. Preacher, I got a bonus. And you know what I thought? Man, I can't wait to Friday. Amen. This might be contagious. Amen. And then we started testifying in the prayer meeting. And, and this one's, Preacher, I got a job this week. And then, and then one popped up. I got a raise. And bam, 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 bam. And I had just watched Fox News. And that was saying it wasn't supposed to happen like that. I mean, they was on Fox saying that this is not going to happen. And I walked in here and said, God said, look what I can do. Quit worrying about Fox. Quit worrying about the White House and the State House. Get in the church house and start praying and watch what I can do in your house. You know what I got to say? You better recognize. Listen, if he did it in the Old Testament and he did it in the New Testament, he can do it right now. If he fed the 5,000 with one little biggest, biggest fish fry in the, in the country, say amen. 
He took one little lad's lunch and fed thousands of people. He fed a million people in the middle of the wilderness. No Hardee's, no McDonald's, no Burger King, no nothing. Out of nowhere, God can speak it. God's kind of like an old southern cook. A southern cook can take nothing and make something out of it. I need a witness right there. God can take nothing and make something. I don't care where you are. I don't care how bad it is. I'm telling you, if you'll put it in God's hands and trust me, God says, watch me, try me. The only thing that God says try him about is your giving. And if you'll give and give it to him, God will multiply it, divide it, and he'll meet your need. You better recognize he's got ability. God can. Not only that, last of all, hurry. Write this down quick. I'm running out of time. I've ran out of time. <laughs> recognize God's agenda. God's got an agenda. This is not, this is not, Hey, this is not, God didn't just throw this thing together and said, okay, let's see what it does. Hey, he's in charge. He's got everything under control. He does. He has everything under control. He's got an agenda. Two things. Two things. This is what God's doing. This is God's plan. This is God's design. He's interested in two things. Humanity's good. Humanity's good. The Bible says, for all things work together for good. Say it with me. For good. For all things. What things? Bad things. Sad things. Happy things. Good, good things. All things God can bring it and make good out of it. God is after your good. Every thou shalt and thou shalt not is for your Everything he does in your life is for your. Everything he takes out of your life is for your. Everything he brings into your life, even the hurtful things sometimes, it is for your good. God's agenda is about humanity's good because you're the apple of his eye. He made you. He loves you. Miss Kathy, that song you sing uh, about his heart and trust his, trust his hand. Trust his heart. When you don't understand what God's doing in your life, when you can't figure out why he's touching you or grabbing you or like little Rufus, God, I don't know what he's doing. You've got to trust who it is that's got hold of you. When you don't understand his hand, you've got to trust his heart because he's after your good. His agenda is humanity's good, but not only that, but he's after his glory. He's after his glory. Do you realize everything we do in life is to bring glory to him? You were made to make him look good. You were created to bring glory and honor to him. How's that working for you? Well, I don't know why God let this problem come into my life. Maybe so you could get victory out of it and brag on him. Maybe you're working around a bunch of lost people and this bad thing took place in your life and they need to see that you're going to praise God regardless. They need to see that you're not going to cuss and raise Cain and whine and complain, but you're going to say, blessed be the Lord. The Lord gave and the Lord took it away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. He said, I'm, I'm listen, Job said, though the skin worms destroy this body of mine, yet in my flesh I shall see God. For I know my Redeemer liveth. What is this world seeing in you? Are they seeing the glory of God? 
Because God will never allow anything into our life that won't bring him glory. You better recognize. You better recognize that everything that happens in your life can be used to bring him glory. And the more glory you bring him, the more good he brings you. Church, say amen. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in Jesus' name.